Hello and welcome to another episode of Despite the Challenges, a show where we showcase amazing abilities of people who not only overcome their challenges, but they go out in the community and help in so many amazing ways and inspire us all. Today, my guest is uh, Venus Majeski. Venus is the Director of Development and Community Relations with NJID, which is New Jersey Institute of Disability. In her 25 years serving this organization, she has a number of stories uh, to tell us, and every story has a unique perspective. So let's hear more from Venus. Venus, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a wonderful pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us about yourself and your organization. A sure. Bit. Um, you know, I think that the story of how New Jersey Institute for Disabilities was founded mm -hmm. is really one of the great stories of success and shows the, um, the impact that people can have in their community. It was 1949 and there were two families who had children with disabilities, mm -hmm. um, the Marks family and the Rotella family from Perth Amboy and Highland Park. And these mothers used to travel every week with their children on a bus mm -hmm. to find services in Philadelphia oh, because wow. there was nothing available locally. That's a and long stretch. It was. It was a very grueling trip and the boys had mm -hmm. braces on, mm -hmm. cerebral palsy, they had difficulty walking. Mm -hmm. These ladies also played mahjong and they mm -hmm. had friends. And one day in Highland Park, one of the ladies said, what would it take to have something here? so that you didn't need to go so far. And they decided that day to put the Mahjong game away mm -hmm. and that they would devote their time to establishing an agency. Isn't that incredible? Wow. And these are women, you know, very middle class women, mm -hmm. no particular wealth, mm -hmm. just people who had a need. And someone had a friend who was a freeholder in Middlesex County. And someone knew someone at Johnson & Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, another person knew a, a car dealer who had some wealth. And they put all their resources together. And they mm -hmm. founded then the Cerebral Palsy League. That was okay. our first name. Okay. And it was 1949. Okay, long time. It was. And the freeholders heard about mm -hmm. this. And they gave us an abandoned garage in Perth Amboy on Bertram Avenue, if anyone knows the mm -hmm. area, right off of Smith Street. Mm -hmm. And in that abandoned garage, um, volunteer labor mm -hmm. came together to paint and refurbish and to bring in some equipment. Mm -hmm. They had a teacher, mm -hmm. they had a nurse and a therapist, and that was it. In a garage. In a garage. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It was a place where kids with disabilities mm -hmm. could call their own. And they came. Mm -hmm. And children came from throughout Middlesex County looking for that education, looking for therapy, wow. looking for something that specially met their needs. Because, you know, it was a different time in 1949. Absolutely. So uh, we grew. Mm -hmm. And in 1961, the freeholders gave us a tract of land in Roosevelt Park in mm -hmm. Edison. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful county park. And they said, it is. <laughs> it is a beautiful park. Mm -hmm. And they said, why don't you build a proper school? 
Okay. And again, volunteers came mm -hmm. and they donated the brick and they donated the paint and the electrical and the plumbing and they built a school. And today I have to tell you that because of the bold, and I really value this, mm -hmm. the, the bold impact of those two women, I'm before you today representing an agency with a, with a budget of over $32 million, nearly 500 employees in 37 wow. locations throughout the state, wow. serving infants, children, and adults with disabilities, yes. no longer limited to cerebral palsy. Yes. But it's a great agency, and it really started in such a grassroots effort. Absolutely, yes, yes. In a garage with little equipment or resources. Absolutely. So it's a long way coming to where it is. It's a beautiful school. I had uh, the opportunity to visit the school, and it was really a touching experience, you know, to see children, the use of the technology provided, the nurses, the assistants, uh, helping them to, to make the best out of their lives. So I was there just for a short while, and uh, my perspective changed. You know, it's a lot of things that I did not know what's available to them, you have a long history with the organization, and I am sure that you have seen some of the uh, young children who came and became adult and remain part of the organization. Some of the amazing stories, the talents they have, right? Tell us a little bit your growth with the organization uh -huh. and how how um, things have changed over the years. You know, it's it, that's very true. Um, I came to the organization, oh my goodness, a quarter century ago. And uh, my first career was in, in politics and government. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was time for a change. And Dominic Ursino was the president then. He remains mm -hmm. the president now. And, and it's really because of his vision and leadership that we have the agency we have. He is uh, a titan mm -hmm. among uh, service provider agencies in that he will is very willing to put in all the work Mm -hmm. and all the effort to make things happen. And he has the vision so that he can see what needs to be done. To be done. And so um, he's actually been there since 1972. That's 42 years. It's an incredible wow. tenure. And we are very blessed that he still remains with us. Um, so I have seen changes in 25 years. And I'll tell you that um, that's what our agency is all about. It's always changing. It's always adapting. Mm -hmm. In 1970, um, we started the first early intervention program in the state of New Jersey, mm -hmm. one of the first 13 in the country. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And okay. early intervention is for children from birth to age three. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Ritu, um, things happen at birth and, and everyone prays for the blessing of a healthy child. We know that. Yes. And oftentimes that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Now there's reasons why that does. Sometimes it's a medical condition. Sometimes it's a lifestyle, a choice. We, Yes, very often. Mm -hmm. We have, mm -hmm. we're, we're serving case. Central Jersey. Mm -hmm. And so we have communities where 
mothers are not getting good prenatal care, mm -hmm. or they may be involved with drugs or, or mm -hmm. alcohol abuse. And, you know, there's societal factors that, that influence that. But once the that, health of the fetus. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just happens. I've seen women with perfectly wonderful pregnancies, mm -hmm. and there's an incident at birth, and a child might lose oxygen and uh, will be affected. So early intervention uh, starts right when that child is in the neonatal intensive care unit. Mm -hmm. Our agency is very closely affiliated with St. Peter's University Hospital, the Children's yes. Hospital there. Mm -hmm. And um, in fact, we share a medical director. Our medical director is the director of pediatrics over at St. Peter's, mm -hmm. Dr. Bipin Patel. Mm -hmm. And he's been with us for, oh my goodness, at least 20 years. Um, and so what you do, what do you do with a child and, and a baby that's small? Well, you train a mother or a caregiver how to best care for that child. Mm -hmm. There's therapy, speech therapy, occupational and, and physical therapy that the little ones can uh, you know, undergo, stimulation, learning how to play. Okay. And also what we do, we take a very holistic approach and bring in the siblings as well. Because hmm. you know, if you have, if you have a, a six-year-old daughter at home waiting for her little brother, and now that little brother comes and whatever the situation is, he can't play. He can't throw the ball. It's just he doesn't have that capacity. So we'll take that six-year-old and show her games that she can play with her brother. Wow. And let her understand. Absolutely. So you bring in the whole family the unit whole family. together, uh, the siblings, the parents, the caregivers. To it's essential. It's essential for the well-being of the child. Many of our children don't have the capacity to nurse. They don't even mm -hmm. have that ability. So we teach mom how to get nourishment into mm -hmm. her child. Mm -hmm. And so after, at age three, some of the children in early intervention will go to public school and maybe have some supports later on. But many children will mm -hmm. need specialized education. And so we have the Lakeview School. Yes. And that's really, I think, the flagship of our agency. And many people think that is the whole agency, the Lakeview School. Mm -hmm. But you've been there and you know yes. what a place it is. It's an amazing facility for the kind of uh, people it serves. Yes. And the children who come to Lakeview School generally have um, serious medical conditions. Yes. And so we need to make sure mm -hmm. that those medical needs are mm -hmm. attended to properly mm -hmm. and that the child receives all the therapies that they need. We have 36 full-time therapists at the Lakeview School, which is more than most mm -hmm. hospitals, but it's a very intense program. So Lakeview also has educational academics Absolutely. as well in addition to the Absolutely. Uh, therapy or uh, healthcare related have, uh, yes. activities. We have curriculum that suits the whole uh, spectrum of mm -hmm. students. Mm -hmm. We have students who are above grade level and, you know, very bright and moving forward. And um, they're in academic classes that are what you would find in a typical school, if mm -hmm. not even more mm -hmm. advanced. And then we have children 
who are, have very low cognitive function. And mm -hmm. so programs are designed to meet their needs as well. I see. Uh, we round out the program with great enrichment activities, mm -hmm. with, with music and choirs and cheerleading, and uh, we have social services, of course. The nursing staff is amazing. I'll tell you this, we have about 150 students at Lakeview, mm -hmm. and they come from 12 counties throughout the state. Eight, 12 counties. 12 counties. So They're that, coming north, south, east, west, coming to Lake Pino. It's because it's only this kind of facility? It's it really, it's one in of In New Jersey? Kind. Yeah. There are yeah. other schools that will attend to different parts of it. Lakeview wow. is very comprehensive uh, in terms of mm -hmm. its scope. Mm -hmm. And many parents want their children in the Lakeview program, but their children might not require the intensity levels that are provided at Lakeview. Why is so? Uh, the parents want it and it may not be the right kind of facility Absolutely. for them, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's just a minor therapy or some something that they can receive outside of the school? Yes, yes. And there's and, and that's the whole that's the whole concept of a continuum of choice mm. for parents. There are some parents who choose public schools and that is absolutely the right choice. Uh, but for those students who have very compromised mm -hmm. physical conditions, and I, and I tell you this, there are at any given time 50 private duty nurses on staff at Lakeview. 50. Because children who... That's a large number. It's huge. It's like one-third of the population, right? You have 150 yes. students. Yes. 50 of them have private duty nurses mm -hmm. because that's the level of their complexity in terms of medical conditions. Mm -hmm. um, many of them are on ventilators. Yes. And or they, there are children, of course, many who are G-tube feeding, catheterizations, mm -hmm. seizure disorder. It runs the whole gamut. There's over 100 different diagnoses in the Lakeview School. Wow. Within 150 of the... Yes. Wow. Many children so have more than one condition. It complicates? Very, very. We have a great medical staff as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Rosemary Marola, mm -hmm. she's a, a renowned um, pediatrician who specializes in autism disorder. She is recently joining our, our staff over mm -hmm. at Lakeview School. And then we have a number of other doctors who come in and actually run their clinics at the school. Okay. So okay. what that does is um, if there's a particular problem that a teacher might notice in class hmm. about a student, she can make that known to the mother and, and the doctor at the same time. And so it's, it's really... Uh, very uh, productive to have doctors come to Lakeview. It's a lot easier on the parents. To observe well. a child in action Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And to see, see them and treat them. See. Um, it's amazing that like 100 different diagnoses in a small uh, school, if you look at the, the kind of or challenges each one would have, the parents would have. I'm sure that you have many, many stories that parents come in and, you know, how they found out accidentally, how what it took. So you serve not only as a communication, community relation, uh, but you get so personal and close with these people. 
And that's really my privilege. Right. To know, and I have to say that you picked up on that. That was one of the things that impressed me so much when I first came to Lakeview School, the mm -hmm. parents. Mm -hmm. What the challenges they have confronted and their optimism and their hope and their understanding, it transformed my way of thinking. I had a different idea about the word disability and how that affects people. And I have, because of the influence of so many wonderful people that I've had the opportunity to work with mm -hmm. and to, uh, to know, I understand that disability is just one more difference. It's just one more difference as a blonde hair, blue eye, or a dark hair, green eye. It's just one more difference. And you know, there's a richness to that. Mm -hmm. There's a perspective that comes from that. And I um, have had an opportunity to advocate now on behalf of persons with disabilities. And that's a big part of what our agency does. Mm -hmm. I see you were named by President Barack Obama as a national champion for, of change the work that you did within a Homeland Security Disaster Readiness for person of, uh, persons with disabilities. Would you like to give us a little bit more? <laughs> well, we, had, we were uh, fortunate in that we re received a few grants of national significance, mm -hmm. and they were in excess of uh, a million and a half dollars. Mm -hmm. And some of that money was devoted to disaster readiness, okay. getting ready for... This all came after Hurricane Katrina, okay. okay, which we're actually celebrating now, 10-year yes. anniversary yes. Um, at this time. But um, there was a thought that people with disabilities were really left out of the thinking, the process hmm. of working with disaster readiness. And so it captured my imagination, and we launched a program, and it was so highly successful in Personal, personalizing uh, preparation at the individual level. Wow. And then growing that out, I had the opportunity to work with the Middlesex County Office of Emergency Management, the mm -hmm. state um, offices, the Red Cross. And through this program, we were able to influence so that in the past, mm -hmm. when they would do disaster uh, drills, mm -hmm. they would have actors, people, volunteers, who pretended that they had a disability. Oh, oh I have okay. a broken leg. Oh, I, I have the... And I said, no, we're bringing people who have disabilities into oh. the shelter, and we are doing the drill live, real. Hmm. And it was the first time it was ever done. Here in New Jersey? Yes, or... yes. Okay. And very few times nationally. Mm-hmm. And I invited families who had children on the autism spectrum. I invited people who used wheelchairs, mm -hmm. uh, people with different types of diagnoses, different needs. Mm -hmm. And we did that drill, and 
Just let me say it was a teaching moment. <laughs> I am sure. Because I'm sure. no one was ready for children who had meltdowns and, yes. you know, and, and the noise yes. and the, the congestion. Absolutely. <laughs> and and, and it, we went to this place, and I won't say where it was, but we went to a place that had fully accessible restrooms. Not really. The people in the wheelchairs couldn't make the turns. Hmm. So we learned so much. I and sure. from those difficulties uh -huh. came real systems change. Yes. And that was the point. And the point was that people with disabilities were at the table. And when I went, I had an opportunity to go to, to, go to the White House for this award. And I said, my work will be done when no one is surprised that people with disabilities can excel. They are in our community, which is where people belong, working alongside of us, being fully accepted. And mm -hmm. so much of what we teach at the Lakeview School is on that personal level, self-advocacy, uh, making things happen for yourself and your community. And then, of course, you know, we, we talked about this, Ritu, where children with disabilities grow up to be adults with disabilities. Yes, yes like anybody else any other child, normal child, they would one day become adults and your programs continue. And all the things that are important to you and to me, where will I live? What's my philosophy? Who's my friends? What's my faith? It's just as important to an adult with a disability. Mm -hmm. And NJID has developed uh, a wide um, uh, array of services to meet those needs. Uh, again, okay depending on the needs of the particular person. It's all person-centered planning. That's, mm -hmm. that's one of our hallmarks. And so we have uh, employment services for those. Oh, yeah, we wow. do. We have uh, job coaches mm -hmm. and we, we seek out job opportunities for those clients who would like to go into uh, regular employment. Um, we also have adult day programs mm -hmm. for those clients who need uh, a more structured day. And so they come to an adult training center and they learn different skills and have different supports, a wide variety of supports. Hey. Mm -hmm. And then we also have residential services, which provides uh, group homes and apartments in the community um, wow. scattered throughout New Jersey, okay. in neighborhoods. You wouldn't even know that our group home is a group home. It's usually the, the most lovely home <laughs> in, in the neighborhood. We're very proud we yes. take care of that. Um, <laughs> so that's all the initiative of the NJID? Absolutely, okay. yes. Um, tell me a little bit more on the uh, technology part of that. Uh, it's fascinating to see the facility. How technology is changing the lives of these people? Even in my 25 years, mm -hmm. I, I've seen these enormous changes, as we all have, right? 25 years ago, we weren't even using, we didn't have a laptop computer. We no, had I, big clunky things yes. on, <laughs> if we had that, right? Um, <clears throat> technology has just broken down so many barriers. Uh, for everyone, I think, for everyone. We're able to to chat with someone in another country now, right? Yes, you know, we do this all moments. the time, we don't even think yes. about it. And so too for people with disabilities, starting, starting very young. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lending library. Uh, oftentimes, you know what the barrier is with technology? 
the cost. The cost. Yes. Yes, and especially this type of technology. Yeah, because know, it's so specialized. It's specialized. That means it's very expensive. That's what yes. happens. And so uh, we have a lending library of equipment. It was funded by two foundations. And they, uh, we were able to buy equipment mm -hmm. uh, that can be used by the little ones, the toddlers. Okay. And while they're waiting, while their parents are waiting for third-party payment and insurance or a settlement, whatever, we're able to get that equipment into their hands okay. so that they can use it. And then when their equipment comes in, we take that back, yes. we refurbish it, and we will loan that out yes. again. Okay. Um, but at the Lakeview School, we have mm -hmm. a great assistive technology. I would division. like to ask uh, the eye gaze technology. Oh, you saw that. You were so interested. <laughs> I, was, I was moved. It's, we were one of the, actually, the first in the state. Uh, because we have so many different diagnoses and so many different medical uh, conditions, many of the vendors who are developing this technology will come to Lakeview and ask us to try it out. Hmm. They want to see the real life application of it. So the eye gaze technology was one of that. And in our um, augmentative communications section, uh, the eye gaze technology is where you're looking at a uh, computer screen. Yes. Uh -huh. And your eye gaze is calibrated to that screen Mm -hmm. with special equipment and you can read you can look at words and it will speak for you just you, like Stephen King yes Stephen Hawking Stephen Hawking uh, I'm yes. sorry <laughs> I knew who oh you my god <laughs> I knew who you were but oh, absolutely <laughs> so the, the the eye gaze technology um I think that he was using different types of uh, augmentative communication is what we mm -hmm. also have too. We have language boards and very sophisticated um, computer equipment as well as um, very basic equipment for those who have uh, less cognitive ability. Okay. Um, you have um, another amazing events taking place, uh, Greatest Choice. Let's talk about uh, it. Thank you. You were at our performance, uh, actually our developmental reading. Mm -hmm. We were able to get two uh, grants from the Middlesex County Cultural and Heritage Commission. Mm -hmm. And uh, we saw the need to tell the story of how the thought on disability has evolved through the past 60 years. Mm -hmm. It's a great change. Mm -hmm. Many years ago, people thought institutions were the only way to go. And Many families were wrenched by that decision, but that was the decision. There were no resources available. Their doctors told them, you have to put them away. That's what they said. You know, family, pastors, friends, you have to put them away. And so we had these large institutions run by the state that's changed. And now we have resources in the community that are supportive. We'll have a Lakeview School early intervention so the children can live in the community and grow up to be productive. So we're telling that story on stage by way of a dramatic piece and uh, we will be it's having... changing perceptions. Absolutely. It's, it's a wonderful gesture and your school is... Uh, initi this is initiative of NGID and then you work with the uh, um, actors and artists. Yes. Wonderful. Um, you mentioned something about the aquatic uh, therapy centers. Uh, 
um, tell us a little bit. We're very excited about the Aquatic Therapy Center. It's going to be the first of its kind in New Jersey. And it's a high-tech uh, therapy, water therapy unit that's going to be built adjacent to the Lakeview School. It'll be mm -hmm. connecting. The pool is being fabricated by um, a company in Pennsylvania called HydroWorks. So is there anything else you would like to no, I, I, I just thank you so much for this opportunity and I really think that it's important work that you're doing by putting a spotlight on people who come from different backgrounds with different abilities and uh, it's a real service to the community. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and coming here all the way <sighs> to share some stories with us and some thoughts with us and I look forward to having you back again. Thank you. And for our viewers, this was another episode of Despite the Challenges, and I am host Rita Chopra. Until next time.